Well, today, oh, I'm so excited. I, while doing this podcast, I'm like, okay, what am I going to talk about next? What's the best? Like, and I'm going blank. It's really um, nerve-wracking. To I'm a perfectionist. And so if it's not going to be perfect, I don't start things. So the best way of me to just do it is be as imperfect <laughs> as possible. So it is just me going for a walk. And I'm excited about sharing some tools um, that I've used to survive um, some pretty torturous experiences. Each one of those experiences it gave me more knowledge um, to the point where I'm proud of, of, of who I am through the challenges that I've experienced because they didn't break me, they made me. And I'm proud and grateful for the person that I am. I have good survival instincts. Um, so the first piece of advice in um, surviving what's coming is first, you know, know the game that you're playing. And the last podcast was about systems. There's systems within systems. So while we are have man-made systems, we have systems inside. Your body is made up of different systems and your brain functions with its own system. Um, so it's really helpful to understand how systems work, to know how you fit into these systems. But um, I think the next part is how to calm your mind down. Because if you're highly stressed, you won't receive this information that I'm trying to share as, as well as if you're not stressed. So, um, because how the brain works is you're going to see what you want to see and not what's really there. And if you're highly stressed, you're going to misinterpret, be offended, um, you won't receive the information that I'm trying to share in a positive state if you're not in a positive state to begin with. Um, all of the challenges that I've endured when I have lost it and I couldn't function anymore, I could not move forward until I could um, strengthen my mind. And once I can strengthen my mind, I can strengthen my body. And 
um, then strengthen my life. But I was no good to anybody. I was no good to myself until I could um, strengthen my mind. And part of knowing this trick was to experience some miracles in my life because my life experience has been sort of abusive and torturous to these really blow your mind miracles. So, you know, with this law of attraction going on and people wanting to know the meaning of life, I've always been asking the question what life was about because my abuse started when I was about uh, three years old and it was a torturous life experience. It was not um, all fun and, and giggles, but I would say my life was um, extremely educational. And uh, I wish I was, you know, a fun life, but I think I value the education um, the intelligence through experience that it gave me, the survival skills, because um, I at least know how to survive moving forward. But in moving forward, you got to kind of get your mind into that loving life state of being. And um, for us problem solvers, we tend to stress about the problem and really focus on the problem and can't let go of the problem. So um, it is something that it's not natural for me. I don't find the joy in life, so it's hard to get your mind into that joy of life when your life has all been about surviving it and not really um, having anything to draw on to find out what um, feels like you're loving your life. Um, but I can tell the importance of it. You really, the logic of problem solving is a problem will come up. It will freak you out, get you into a negative state of being. And... You're, you'll go into fight flight and expect it to make a decision that saves your life. Now, something will save your life, but because you were in a negative state, whatever direction you picked, the programming that you've ingrained, ingrained in your mind um, is what kept you safe while you were in a stress state of being because that's how we've normally solved problems. But when we solve problems that way, we're basically creating a benefit of having that problem and not really offering long-term solutions. So the problem is allowed to grow, but you find a way to benefit off of having that problem. By the way, your fight-flight decision-making um, led you to here. So, 
Um, I think this is really key is to get your mind into a positive state um, when you want to try and find solutions. Um, think of the world um, as being nothing but an information field outside of yourself. Like outside of you is information that you can tap into like the internet. If you are in a negative state and you ask, you Google the earth, the, the world you live in, a question, you're going to get a negative answer. You're going to get everything that confirms what you want to see. So if you want to see positive um, opportunities, then you have to be in a positive state and the universe will show you all of the opportunities available to you. Basically, you're just turning your brain on to receiving information about the question you're asking, but you've got to ask the right questions. You know, if you're going to ask dumb questions, you're going to get dumb answers. And you'll find you're asking smarter questions and receiving answers from smarter questions when you're in a more positive state. So the best way of problem solving is you're going to experience the problem and feel the pain. It's probably going to be really hard for you to de-stress to not be able to sleep. Um, um, you'll just be thinking about the problem nonstop. And to the point where you won't be able to think at all, you'll burn yourself right out. And you won't be able to put two sentences together or um, you really won't find a reason to live when you're in that state. Um, you really aren't going to be asking good questions when you're in that state of being. So you got to take charge of what your brain is doing and you got to set that brain um, to do specific tasks. Now, all my miracles and the hardships that I experienced, um, I found when I was lacking these intentions, then that's when my life was filled with abuse. When I was filled with these intentions, then miracles were just happening. It is to the point I know that these intentions are my biggest guide um, to curing cancer. And I know that this is going to be my biggest guide to help me survive um, the Great Reset. Because something's going to happen. It's a matter of do we unite 
and reset it in a way that everybody benefits or just the 1% benefits. So these, the tool that I use and, and it, at those times where I couldn't function at all, I would, I would just shut down for two, three days. I tell my kids, hey, I'm fine. I just need to shut down and everything will be okay. And I had to reassure them that I wasn't, you know, they still had somebody they could trust, but mama needed a break. And then I would just shut myself down and meditate on these intentions. Now, the first one is, is abundance and prosperity. Right now, um, during this pandemic, it's hard to feel prosperous and abundant. It's hard to feel you have value when you're being locked up and um, it's fear, fear, fear. And my fear is this forced vaccinations and just the anger level people have regarding masks or not masks. It's so dividing us up. And it's hard to see how um, one can experience abundance and prosperity through that, but feel what it feels like and look at it as you have what you need. Don't look at it as money, but look at it as everything you need will be provided and what you need may be a loss of something so that something you need is about to come. Abundance and prosperity is more than a financial currency. Um, a, a unity between community can be far more um, valuable um, plus you have to see how you can be of value when you provide more of a value than you know, what's currently being forced upon us, um, that value will grow. So you need, you know, to be prosperous in a good idea. I've never looked at prosperity as being a financial reward, but everything that I've pictured, I've been able to manifest. Um, like right down to living in, in a tiny house experience. 
I didn't know how I was going to be able to afford that because it was moving from one lifestyle to another and on a disability income. But life found a way. Life always finds a way, but you have to have the vision and then feel like you have the prosperity to attract what it is you need to make it happen. So it is just about feeling it. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll share a story of the state of being I was in that I've experienced some miracles. So I'll give some miracle examples with it that go with it. But these are just the, the intentions that you should feel like with no doubt a lack of it means you're you're attracting a lack of prosperity so all of these other intentions sort of behave like a system they they benefit each other um, accepting and allowing um, this is a good um, intention to be feeling because if you're not accepting and allowing you're working the problem um, if you're stressed or being negatively affected by a problem. Um, so you aren't being negatively affected if you can accept the problem exists, but you're focusing on um, building the solution to the problem. And you're excited about the solution because you have all of the information you need to be working on the solution. So not any of your time is spent um, talking about the problem because you've accepted the problem exists. There's nothing you can do about that problem. Fighting it just makes that problem grow, but you're willing to accept and allow the problem exist, but you're moving into um, a behavior that supports a different alternative. A, a new system, a new um, way of experiencing life. You're the solution. You're excited about the solution. So you can't do that until you can accept and allow the problem exists. Then the next one is alignment and harmony. You will be in perfect alignment with the right people to cause hell on earth, just like you are perfectly aligned with the right people at the right time to create heaven on earth. Now, I've known about this information for years now, and it wasn't exactly easy to find people that are like-minded, but the more I believed it was possible, the more I'm finding people are more in agreement with how I perceive reality than in disagreement with how I see reality. I had to develop a sense of calmness um, because if I wanted to be in alignment with calm people, then I needed to be calm. Um, I was traumatized, so 
my um, behaviors were definitely angry that I needed to calm down from. Um, but while I was angry, I was always connected um, with the right people to perpetuate the reason why I was angry. But if I could snap out of it, which I'd love to share a couple of miracles, stories about it, um, instantly I attracted um, positive results. When you approach somebody you know, that's expecting you to be complaining about them doing a service or whatever, and instead you approach them you know, with love and concern, all of a sudden they're willing to help you out a lot more than they are that guy that's being rude to them. So you have to be uh, in alignment with the groups that you want to align with. You have to be, you know, if you want to be with calm people, you've got to be calm. If you want to be rational, then you got to be rational. If you want people that can debate openly and freely, then you have to be able to debate openly and freely. Um, but you have to feel that you are connected with other people, even though you don't may not feel that. In order to make it happen, you have to feel it inside. So it is like meditating on the feelings. Um, I use my water bottles um, to remind me because I really need to monitor how much water I'm drinking because I don't tend to drink water, which is a health problem. So um, while I have water, my day is interrupted with the uh, branding of these bottled intentions that was on a dragon's den years ago. Um, I did that for free publicity and I think it's relevant today. It was the nut bar of the season so that means I've got millions of dollars worth of free advertisement. Um, and it's a free idea. I'm giving it to you now. Just you need something that interrupts your thought processes. Whatever you drink, write it down on there. But um, these intentions, you have to have something that reminds you, oh, I want to think of this instead of lacking this. And you have to force your body to feel it. Not want it, but feel it. Because when you're feeling it, you're actually creating it. Another one is love and happiness. You gotta feel love and happiness while you've just been tortured with the problem. You know, and that is insane, but you have to be in that to be able to ask good questions. You've got to see the problem came to you because it's there to drive your solution. For some odd reason, you want a solution in life and your problems are the driving force to unfold those solutions. So you've got to be grateful for having the problem because now that problem's, you know, kicking you in the ass saying, okay, now you've got to solve this problem so that you can get what you want. So you have to love your problem where we're trained to hate our problems. No, they're here to benefit us. They're here to make us better people. Um, I'm stronger and wiser 
for every problem that I experienced. Um, but you got to be in that. You got to fake it to make it, but you got to remember it. You got to believe in it. And even if it's only for a second, one second builds up to um, two, you know, three seconds, and then you can get it to five seconds. But this is where great ideas come from, is when you're in this state of being. The next state of being is gratitude and humanity. You have to be grateful for this experience, or you'll never see it. Um, for example, all of our man-made systems are designed to cause a lot of hardship in the world. You may not have been suffering from it. You may be just losing from this reality, but it's been happening to people for years. And the only way to make a change is by having it all crash and burn. Every one of these systems creates jobs. It's jobs and our consumption within these systems that give it value. And they're all designed to harm us. So now that they're crashing and burning, we know that we know how to design perfect systems. We just need to design them so that they're valuing life this time. And those systems will take jobs to sustain them. And then we need to consume them to give them the value. But that potential is there. That we have to um, have that right mindset um, to ask how you fit into those systems. And that is by being grateful for having this opportunity to design better systems so that we don't have such high crime. So we don't have a world that is so violating, you know, um, and polluting. And here's an opportunity for us to reset and create a completely different reality. Um, but you have to have that positive frame of mind to get there because it will take um, having to be at a peace table with somebody that has a different perspective of reality than you. You've got to love them like you love the problem because they are your teacher to show you what you don't see just like you have to be their teacher to show them what they don't see. So you have to love the problem. You have to love your enemy um, in order to get out of this um, challenge that we're faced with. I don't look at it as it's an opportunity. It's a massive, best freaking opportunity we've ever had. And it's, it's now it's going to show us what we're made out of. What is it you really, really want? And if you really, really want it, let's see if our systems are actually designed to make you have it, you know? Um, 
how we value each other and what we value has to change. And those are going to be some um, conversations that will push some buttons and, and make you angry. But you have to remember you are the teacher and it's not a wise idea to get mad at the student. If the student doesn't get it, you always blame the teacher. So if I'm not able to express myself, then, you know, I have always been saying, nobody's ready to listen, nobody's ready to listen, but that didn't change anything. I had to change how I communicate. And yes, the world is catching up to what I'm seeing. It is a pattern that through experience, a lot of people are seeing the same things I'm seeing. Um, but I've always had to um, look at myself as being the teacher because while being in a world where nobody's understanding me, I've always had to be the one that's trying to figure out a way to communicate because nobody else is interested in communicating my perspective of reality. So, um, remember that you are the um, teacher and you want to have um, respect so you have to remain calm when having conversations with people that have opposing views to yourself. So that's why these six intentions um, will get you there. It'll, if you are suffering from have no idea what's going to happen next, like real survival. Um, I have locked myself in for three, four days. And I've always been asking good questions like, okay, what's next? What should I do? Uh, you know, this is, I let go, let God. And always I got a direction as to what to do next. So, but it was, I had to get my mind right. And these were the ways of, of doing it. And I know it's these six intentions because I did want to say I was going to share some experiences. Um, one of them was um, I wanted to um, earn a living. I wanted to get out, out of the marriage I was in and needed to earn a living. I was in a 20-year marriage and my husband at the time was painting hard hats while he was working in the oil field. So I thought I could do the same thing. So we bought two airbrushes and um, I was doing my first hard hat, which had a wolf and a polar bear on it. And um, Um, these religious group came to talk to me because I was um, looking for answers. I wasn't very happy at the time and um, hi. Is this the right way to the waterfall? Um, I'm kind of lost no. as to oh, where yeah. I, I think I'm still on, I think it's on the other side. Is it yeah, where's the bridge? 
over there. Yeah, it's on that side of the bridge. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. I, yeah, I'm sort of talking, so I don't really know. Did I pass it already or <laughs> not? It's, you can still see it, I think, from yeah. here. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, oh, where did I leave off? Oh, I had this religious group come over and talk to me, which I really wasn't very happy because they didn't really give me any answers. Um, but they were constantly trying to contact me. So um, I agreed. The first meeting was okay and told them that I would be painting while they were here uh, because I had to work. And so the first meeting went good. Um, and when they left, the airbrush broke. I had finished the first um, painting and I was impressed and I'm never impressed with my own work. I am a critic and I hate my work, but I was really impressed. So the, we couldn't get uh, another airbrush because um, we have to wait so many months and because my husband was the one that was doing it first, he got to keep the one that we returned and bought a professional one and he had brought it to work with him and I was left with nothing and I just um, was overwhelmed with the thought, God wouldn't show me that I had that talent and then just take it away. I knew God was mailing me an airbrush and I was, I was just overwhelmed with this crazy, crazy dream. I gotta tie my shoe. I'm gonna trip over everything. Um, so, um, I don't know why, but it was like confidence, like, God's really mailing me an airbrush. I'd wake up and uh, look out and see if, you know, anything came. Open my door to see if anything was mailed to me. I was telling everybody I knew, God's mailing me an airbrush. I was having a lot of fun with it. And then the next week, that same religious group came out to talk to me. And they asked me what my connection to God was. And I said, well, he's mailing me an airbrush. And they said, no, that's not how God works. You've got to um, get a job, save your money, and buy your own airbrush. And I told them, well, that's your connection with God. My God is just going to mail me an airbrush. And... Um, so they leave and within two weeks an airbrush was mailed to me. My husband at the time who didn't know that I was saying this because I really wasn't talking to him, um, he just couldn't use the airbrush up there. It was too sensitive, he said, too dusty. So it's like God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Just made it too dusty for that very moment. Um, 
Uh, but anyways, he had mailed it back home to me. So it was um, that was the event that made me question, okay, what made me feel, what was different about that? And the abuse that I, I seem to attract, but also this is not the first time that it happens. It's a repeating pattern that stuff like this happens. And um, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, it, it's just um, there are miracles that I would never think would ever happen. It's first one happened when I was, um, I think I was about 12 at the time. My glasses were an inch thick. I kid you not, measured it with a, a measuring tape. And they were, just imagine how heavy they were. Um, and the torture was at school. Um, so I was like, okay, God, I'll be my very best. I, you know, I know when I'm following the, the promise, I, I know I have to follow the promise that I made, which is making me. Hi. is making this uh, um, um, podcast um, to be my best and then all of a sudden without me even knowing it when I was 12 an optometrist said that I need contact lenses um, because it will stop my eyes from growing worse and at that time it wasn't um, technically legal for them to do it it's still next to impossible to find anybody that even agrees that that's a real thing so it's really hard for me to find optometrists that even can um, deal with my eye problem but the thing is is that it was a miracle to me to have that happen when I was 12. So, and then um, another time was um, when I was living through a complete nightmare and had to deal with a court challenge. Um, and I didn't know what direction to go into and no lawyer was saying it was anything was even possible so I was okay God you gotta tell me what to do and it was a definite let go let God moment and the next day a lawyer is asking me if I read the book Conversations with God, which I have, which 
the message there is God works through other people. So I have. And then he says, God wants me to talk to you. <laughs> it's like, okay, the night before I had just said, God, you've got to tell me what to do. The next day a lawyer saying, hey, God's trying to tell me what you're supposed to do. And it was to um, take everything that was done to me and do something with it. And at that time, the message to me was, okay, I need to, you know, still go through it. I'm in the middle of something, but I knew that there was going to be an ending of it. Um, and I think now is the time that it's relevant to do something with it. I think the bottled intentions being on the dragon's den definitely played a role that um, it was there for the publicity and it did gain a lot of publicity and it could be tapped into and you know it's just focus on feeling these six intentions and then ask good questions how do I fit in how am I aligned you know and things will come at you and you'll learn through those that are in disagreement with you so um, welcome anyone that's in disagreement especially if they're the ones that are saying hey I'm trying to find the same thing you are as an agreement um, now's the time um, because together we can redesign a complete reset a lot faster than um, you know the groups that they have worked is nowhere near the population we are and if everybody did a little bit we could design the best system um, but we have it has to be in agreement and that is a, 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 a tool that we have it's a blessing because we can always find agreement if we're if we're looking for it but we have to want it for it to appear and when you want these miracles to appear you ask and then you have to be looking for it if you're not looking for it you'll never see it hi and then decide what it is that you want what kind of world do you want to live in and think about it is why wouldn't your enemy want the same thing as you anticipate why it would be harmful to somebody else and I also live by a rule never offer a problem never complain about a problem unless you can offer a solution that cuts the pl complaining down 
if you're forced to look at your problem and offer a different alternative. It's not to say your alternative is better, but if, if we're collecting the same amount of solutions as we are, same amount of problems, then we've got a bigger pool to work with to solve problems with. So um, I think if we even had um, the ability to receive people's alternative solutions, we wouldn't be dealing with the problems that we are today. But we're driven into a system that works against us, so it's not giving us that option where so okay now there's a lot of people on my path right now hi hi So, um, there's some tools that I use um, to get out. There's more, um, there's a lot more information to share. Um, but once you get yourself into that state of being, then you're able to see what are the possibilities. Otherwise, you're going to be constantly stuck on that won't work, that won't work, that won't work. And it's got to be more than it won't work. You have to actually say it won't work because you need to be doing this. You have to actually provide a solution. Um, you can't, if somebody can see something you can't see yet, um, then we have to go with, but we still need to be able to have the potential to the conversation in a calm, not being attacked way um, to be able to find out what works and what doesn't work. But if I can see solutions to our systems, I think that if everybody had their say and was asked the right questions when I was um, homeless, I really was blown away by the questions that were being asked and it was all about what you needed, you know, asking homeless people what they need. Trust. That is one big long need list. That's a trillion dollar, you'd go bankrupt if you ever met that need look. If you, on the other hand, were asking what caused it and what would you do differently, then you're, you're seeing what actually caused the problem so that you can prevent it. And you'd be asking a lot of people a lot of different ideas of what they would suggest would be different. And then not only are you ending their homeless experience, because the solution would solve their problem, but it also prevent other people from having to deal with it too. So, (sighs) 
you have to be in the right mindset to see potentials to um, be able to have healthy debates that lead to a win-win. The only way of getting to a win-win is when you're ready to love thy enemy and you want your enemy to have the same positive outcome as you want yourself, um, which is a harsh conversation. And we all have to accept that we are all right about something, but we're all wrong about something. And nobody's willing to admit they're wrong. And I can end this podcast by saying everything I'm saying could be wrong. And I have been at one with being wrong. I'd rather throw an idea out there and take a chance of being wrong if, if it's a, somebody is countering me with it's wrong because of this, this, and this. And then it builds to the conversation because the more we're sharing information, if the more I'm proven wrong by somebody proving a better direction, then we get the better direction. So my goal is to survive with the better direction. And if it's not gonna come from me, it will come because one way or another it's gonna be caused by me or come from me. Um, if I'm wrong, I'm motivated to push the button of somebody who does know. Um, it is, I don't think the elite plan works for me. Um, that scares, uh, you know, but my view scares everybody else just as much as my views scare me about theirs. So there's got to be a place where we all win and both sides need to um, be calm enough and willing enough to get there. It's the only way we're going to get out of this, in my opinion, and I could be wrong. So that goes my podcast for today. <laughs>